Is it about the money or what you are giving to and getting from your business? Stay tuned to find out. Okay, here's the question. How are we dark horses? You know, the ones everyone is betting against, the ones they don't expect to win, place, or even show on the track, and they'll even laugh on us when we talk about trying. How do we show the world our greatness and triumph? Well, that's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. This is The Dark Horse Entrepreneur. My name is Tracy Brinkman. Push it up! Welcome back to your weekly dose of Tattoo Me Now Learning. I'm your Dark Horse host, Tracy Brinkman, and you, well, that's infinitely more important. You are a driven entrepreneur, and you are here because you are ready to start, restart, kickstart, or just start leveling up with some great marketing, personal, or business results in order to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. Whew. Another big episode today. Today, Larry Normile shares so much wisdom that he has gleaned along his entrepreneurial path and how he is giving back to those that have that burning desire to succeed. Plus, I'm going to let you in on next episode's guest who's been in the online marketing game for well over a decade and has made it and lost it and made it and lost it and is back to making it again. As per usual, the dark horse corrals are chock full of personal business and marketing G-O-L-D spilling from every corner of the dark horse entrepreneur HQ. So let's get to the starting gates and go. All right, my dark horse friends and family, today's guest is Larry Normile. Now, Larry's the owner of Artistic Addictions, oh, sorry, additions tattoos right i want to make sure i get yep. this right as well as the billionaire mindset coaching yes ladies and gentlemen that is billionaire with a b larry is a successful serial entrepreneur and a he's a public speaker and he's learned how to take the mindset from the streets to success and he's owns the most elite task two studio around uh, and despite 2020 and all the fun and adventures uh, we've been going through this year he has had one of his biggest biggest growths this year I'm stumbling over my words I'm so excited right now Larry wasn't always out in the open as he was building his empire but now he's made millions of dollars over the past decade or so he's decided to come out to tell his story and he wants to tell his story in the hopes that he can change the world one mindset at a time. He's now working on TV shows and books, mentoring programs. He's even doing a documentary of his own journey to become a, a billionaire. His most recent accomplishment, and I got to see bits of this recently, was to get up on the virtual stage and tell his story at the Les Brown Power Summit, hanging out with the big dogs, all right? Let's give a warm Dark Horse welcome to Larry Normal. What? How you doing, buddy? How's it going? Good. How about yourself, man? You know, I can't complain. Happy to get you here and let you chit-chat about, uh, you know, where you've been and where you're going and, uh, you know, why you love doing what you do so much. So I'll just step back and let you share the gems. All right. Well, let me start with saying it's an honor and pleasure to be here today with you. Um, so basically, I'll give you a breakdown of my story. I was born in the 79. I was raised in an interracial relationship with my mother and my father, my father being a black man. So as a younger child, all the way until you know, preteens or whatever, we, we dealt with a lot of racism. And, you know, until I was 10, though, I didn't even know what racism was. We ended up, my father and I were at the ice house chipping ice off an ice block to put it in the cooler to go to work. And my dad, um, this guy kept coming up and started getting mad at my dad because I kept calling him dad. And the guy was like, why are you calling him dad? That's not your dad. And the next thing you know, he comes towards me, starts tussling at me, trying to take me. 
Well, my dad and him get to tussling, and he ends up stabbing the guy to get him off of me. Oh, no. So later on that night, well, later on in the middle of the night, he ended up getting released and dropped all charges, thank God, you know, for that. Um, so then, like, growing up, I was always instilled with my mom being hardcore worker and just following her dreams, and my dad following his dreams with his success of becoming a successful business owner in a state that we moved to that nobody knew of him. He opened up two businesses, and they started becoming successful. And while we were going through that, um, I would get up at 5 a.m. with him every day that I could when we were out of school, and I would just go to work with him, even though I hated doing it, because nobody <laughs> wants to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, let's just be I real. <laughs> 5 o'clock's one of them times you're just like, ah, uh, nah. But I just knew that, like, throughout the day, man, he would always give me snippets of stuff I wanted, like information I needed and stuff. And yeah, I had my own little side hustle because while he was over there cutting his grass, I would take the push mower over to the houses that he wasn't doing and cut their yards, you know. Nice. So I had a good time with it. But uh, and then around at sixteen, uh, I was at my mom. I was at my friend's house, and my mom calls me. She's hysterically crying, and uh, man, it was like I already knew what she called for. I don't know how I knew. Mm. I rushed home to find my dad under under a white sheet on a stretcher, passed away. Oh. So, like, at 16, I went through this dark stage in my life where it was like, I just, I didn't care about my life. I didn't care about anybody else. I didn't care about anything at all. Like, nothing. I just didn't care. So, through all that, I ended up leaving my mom's house. I went, I took the police for a chase at 17, went to jail, Ferris, uh, juvenile detention center, and then my mom couldn't handle me, so she wouldn't even let me come home. I ended up having to go to a foster home because my mom just couldn't handle me. It's not her fault. I was just, you know, out there. So then at 18, I ended up going to jail for three years and uh, spending it in Women's Intensive, Wilmington, in, uh, it's called Gander Hill. And, uh, and when I went in, my two cellmates, man, they were both in there for murder. So I'm oh, looking at man. it like, oh, Jesus, I'm here with two guys in for murder, <laughs> and I'm here on a three-year bid. Like, they could just, you know, but what came from that was the guy, Richard, you know, he had a son that was also in there because of what they did together. So, like, I think, like, he was using me as, like, his, you know, kind of last hope that he can do something for somebody. I was hoping that's what it was. I think that's what it was for. Sure. And he would talk to me every day and just tell me, like, listen, man, you got to get out of this street mentality of what you're doing and put it into something better, you know. Set some goals, man. Set some goals. And that was, like, the first time anybody besides my father has said goals need to be set, right, because I didn't know what a goal was, really. Sure. So he was like, I need you to give me something unrealistic that you really want to do and, and what you're going to do with your life. And I want you to stick to these goals. So I was in, I told him, I said, I wanted to have a most elite tattoo studio and I was going to help take care of my mother. Like, that's what I wanted to do. Because when, when I was, when I went to jail, before I went to jail and everything, I ended up put, I wasn't there for my mom when she, you know, my dad passed. So I was, that killed me. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, like I ended up, she had to claim bankruptcy because of me. Mm. Like there was a lot of like in my head reasons why I needed to take care of her. And then um, I just, I was driven, man. I knew I needed to do something. So when I got out of jail, I'd love to say I ran towards my goals, but let's just be realistic. I didn't, I still got back into some stuff I shouldn't have and was doing things. And then I realized I needed to get away from the city and go back down to where I was living before. Cause it was more slower pace, a little country feeling, you know, I could get, more stable down here. So I, I moved back down here and I started working at a local bike shop and uh, I had a son at that time. And at the time I had my son, I was still tattooing out of the house and stuff. Didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I was tattooing. Right. And I ended up 
kept bothering all these tattoo shops until finally one of them, all the artists, because this was at a time when, you know, oxys and Percocets and all that became like a heavy drug and people didn't realize how addictive they were yet. Sure. So they were just gone. So all the artists disappeared for like weeks and I ended up getting a job because of that. Oh, so damn. I ended up getting my foot in the door, you know, and uh, after about a year or so, a little bit over a year, I still wanted to get in my own shop. I knew I was going to do it. So I took the leap of faith and I tried it. You know, I opened up a shop. And when I opened up that shop, I mean, I went all in. I had everything. I had the whole, man, I, I just knew I could do it. The best part about it is I owned the house and a building next to the house. So I kind of like, what I did was I took the building and I rented out the back of it and I kept the front. Well, life decided to show me how bad I was not ready. And <laughs> man, my shop ended up getting broke into. They stole everything I had. And then uh -huh. on top of that, my wife cheated on me, my best friend that rented the shop behind me. So now I can't even afford my mortgages because nobody's paying me. All this stuff's going on. I lost my house. I ended up having to claim bankruptcy. I ended up having to take my son and me and move into my mom's house because his mom ended up just going ghost for about two years. So it was just me and him. And uh, I ended up going back to work for Pioneer Concrete like because it's just what I could do because I was a felon with no high school diploma. Sure. So, you know, I ended up going back driving truck. And... Uh, as I was doing that, I knew that's not what I wanted to do. I still wanted to open up my other shop. So I ended up saving up some money, getting some money put back together, and I did it again. I jumped out the box, I jumped out that window again and opened <laughs> up my second shop. This time I was open for about three years, man. It was doing great. But what I but what I didn't know was anything. I didn't know marketing. I didn't know how to get on like websites and I didn't know anything about accountants and I didn't know anything. Jack crap about really about business and how to scale it, right? So what ended up happening was the owner sold the building and then took it and uh, the guy that bought it owned this like medical center and he wanted to take and remodel the whole building, but he wanted us out. Mm. So after a couple months of me and him going back, I was like, dude, I'm not getting out. Like I got a lease still, like I'm stuck on this lease. So if there's no way I'm not getting out, worst thing I could have said, cause that man ended up coming in one night while the shops closed and he cut out my bathroom wall. Mm. And he doesn't say anything. I'm sitting in there with my son. We're eating our lunch, our breakfast in the morning because that was like our tradition. And uh, we were sitting there eating the breakfast. Board of Health comes in, which isn't anything unnormal because they come in and check every once in a while. Sure. So he goes in. He goes, hey, I got to check out your studio. We got a complaint. And I'm like, dang, really? All right. Well, let's go check it out. He goes, yeah, I got to check out your bathroom. And I'm like, all right. Well, this bathroom was like huge, dude. It was an old church, right? So the bathroom's big. Mm -hmm. And uh. We opened that door, man, and I tell you what, it was like somebody punched me in my face and took my voice. I couldn't say anything. I looked at him and was just like, uh, dude, I don't know. I didn't do this. I don't know how this happened, but I did not do this. And you could see the kitchen to the apartment in the back of my studio. Oh, damn. So I'm like, dude, let me throw a sheet over this, and I promise you I'll get it fixed in a couple of days. He was like, there's nothing you can do. Um, you can't even fix it. He's like, you got to get it fixed, and then I can open you back up. Well, now – that I tried to do that permits got involved and I didn't have the money to do all that because I'm steady blowing money because my way of marketing back then was go to the club, go out, party, hand out cards, right. dress real nice to make it look like I was doing better than I was. Right. So reality kicked me in my butt and here I was with no money, no shop again. And I had to get out again. This time I went through like, man, the depression I went through on that one was rough because you know, you're up there making it now. Like I'm making good money. I'm starting sure. to do good again. And, I'm living my dream, and then it was just snatched from me. So my buddy Brad and Pharrell, they they took and just like 
would talk to me all the time about it, right? And they're the only two that really knew the struggle I was going through because if you looked in, you would have thought I was still doing great. I was doing good because I was still tattooing out of the house and trying to build my name up still. And I'm still trying to get this next studio, but I didn't have any money. So I ended up going to work at a Gold's gym for a while for like a year. I worked my way up from front desk to, to operations manager, started to try to put some money away together again. And then this opportunity come up for this studio to open up like that. The, or a shop was moving from a spot that I wanted right on the highway. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that time, I was like, all right, I could do this because I can just budget myself. I'll, I'll sell some stuff, blah, blah, blah. They let me go to the gym. So now I got like $500 in my savings account, brother. Yeah. And like, I just paid my rent. So my realistically, my, my checking account was like negative, like $42. At the time. <laughs> and I was like, what am I going to do, man? I just got to figure something out. So I ended up linking up with this business guy. He was like, man, look, I'll, I, you know, I'll go in with you, man. I trust in you. You know, I've been tattooing him for some years. We had built up some good rapport. So we get in, we go in for the day to sign in a lease and, uh, I'm sitting there with the, the owners, Chris and Harold, and the guy doesn't show up, never comes. Oh, so I'm man. sitting there with, you know, that awkward conversation you got to keep having to try to stall some time. Yeah, that's what I was doing at that time. So I was like, all right, can we just give me a few days? Let me figure out what's going on because I don't know what happened. Lo and behold, three weeks of negotiations. I went up there with a $500 check to their house and was like, listen, I don't, I can't do anything. This is what I'm going to promise you. I'm going to give you this check, right? And this is going to be a just this is like a promise I check to you. I'm going to give it to you. It's only $500 is all I got. But if you give it to me, because it was October and in January 1st, the people were getting out of the building. Mm-hmm. I said, if you give me till January, keep this check. You can cash it. It's a good faith check. If I don't come through in January 1st, you can re-rent the building and then we'll go from there. I'm going to get the money to build this building. I don't know how yet, but I will do it. So I go home and the whole ride home, I'm like, what the hell did I just do? <laughs> I got to figure life out, you know, like I, I just really gave up my last savings I had to even hope. And I had a kid on the way, another kid on the way. So mm. I'm sitting there stressing and I'm trying to figure it out. And finally I get home and there was a laptop my buddy had given me and I forgot I had it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw this on Craigslist. Cause at that time, this we're talking 2008, you know, this was when Craigslist was really the big selling. For, sure. This is before Facebook and all that. Right. I started putting that on there. Sold it, and then I bought a Civic, and I ended up taking that Civic, getting a set of rims off my buddy for a hundred bucks that he was gonna let me pay for when I got the car sold. Sold the car, and next thing you know, I'm like flipping stuff. I ended up with show cars, show bikes, and just started going in and making the money to build the shop. Nice. And by the time I got the, sh- the money out, like come January, I had enough money to go, and I was still selling stuff left and right, right. And uh, right in March, the 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 day before we were supposed to open. Greg, Greg comes in, he, which is the head head uh, inspector for the city of Dover. He says, I'm going to come in. I just got to do your last inspection, then you're good to go. He's done checked the shop like five times, mind you, right? He's already done came in this bad boy about five times and failed me for all kinds of other shit. <laughs> right on. So he walks in, and he looks at the wall to the left, and he goes, hey, man, was there a door there one time? I said, man, I don't know. All I did was paint that wall. I said, it looks like there used to be an imprint or something there, but I did nothing to that wall. He takes a screwdriver and pokes a hole through it, and you can see into the next door. And he oh, goes, dude, I got to fail you again. Oh, damn. Like, like, now, he goes, you got to have a four-hour firewall between a service and a retail because it was a mattress store next door. Since it's not two services, it has to have a four-hour firewall. So I'm like, all right, man, what the hell? So now I'm like, dude, can you just let me get through it, and then we'll do it as we go? I don't have any money. I sold my car to do this, brother. I'm 
driving a 10 speed to get here. Right. I don't even have a car at the time. And uh, he goes, nah, man, uh, I have to fail you. So I ended up calling the landlord and thank God I did because when I called them, they, Harold didn't even let me get the whole conversation out. He just says, Larry, take care of it and I'll handle the bill. So nice. took about another month because we had to get an architect and all this other BS to get it done, but we got it open. And what I learned from that, and, and I can tell you this right now, that was a blessing in disguise because my first year open, I made the most money I ever made in my life that, that, that year to that day. Like now, obviously, I've made more, but to that day, that was the most money I've ever made in my life. And then uh, it gets better because about three years into that, Three, man, I'm telling you, three is something got something with threes. They just <laughs> love me. Uh, I'm going through a divorce now because now um, my my ex-wife and I were going through a divorce because I was still so depressed and, and not I was hiding it so well. Mm-hmm. People didn't know what was going on with me. But I ended up just having to fight some demons and I was just she was part of my demons in my head. So I had, you know, we just had to separate our way. But in between all that, I ended up losing all my artists that worked for me. Uh, the guy that I called my brother, the one I loved to death, like I would have done anything for that was in our wedding, ended up cheating or was ended up dating her and ended up marrying her later. So like I went through a lot, man, plus a long drawn out divorce and child support custody and like just a whole bunch, man. And I, I fought through it, even though there was a couple times on that couch I thought about just like, you know, it'd probably be better if I wasn't here, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just kept thinking my son, my kids, my goals, my mom, I couldn't do it. So through all that dark stage, I got through that. The shop was still doing okay, but I only had me and one other artist. That was the day that I realized that I could do this on my own if I ever need to. Right. Because this is, I had all these bills I had acquired that I had to take care of, but I, I didn't know how I could do it. But realistically, what I didn't sit back and realize was, hell, I make a lot of money on my own. Mm-hmm. So I could do this. I just have to humble myself, right? So what I did was I, I started looking at life differently instead of like trying to impress people and trying to buy the next best thing for this and mm-hmm. show off with everything. I sat back and was like, you know what? I'm starting to like having a savings. I'm starting to like putting money away. I'm starting to like building my shop up to become the elite. Like we upgrade that shop every year. Every year it gets a makeover. Every couple of years, it's getting a new makeover. You know, like there's just something that needs, I love to do. And those are the things I love to do is build my business. So here I am with the COVID. And, you know, I, I the year last year, I, I lost a big investment I did with a development and a construction company. I ended up losing a boatload of money and stressed over it, right? And, and thought like, what am I going to do? I, it ended up trickling into my marriage. I had to like cut ties to all of that and just take it as a loss. Right. And accept the fact that I made a decision I shouldn't have made off of a quick decision. Sure. Done research. I should have had title searches. I should have had a whole bunch of stuff done that was not done because we didn't do it. Right. Right. So basically I just had to chalk that one up. And then this year I said it at the beginning of the year and you can check my Facebook and you'll see it. I I posted a thing saying what I was going to do this year and lo and behold, Everything on that list I did and didn't even it through the COVID, like through all this. And what it took was me understanding and realizing like my shop was strong, right? Our family bond that we have is like love, man. We all want to see each other grow. And in this year, we have literally, I've done everything. I've built the most elite tattoo studio during the COVID. I bought my mom's house, remodeled it and paid off all her debt. Nice. And everything I said I was going to do 20 some years ago. 
didn't know how I was going to do it. And I did it right. Just through persistency, never giving up on myself and just fighting to, to never give up, man. And I, I feel like this, when I tell this story, that's what I'm hoping that I inspire for somebody else is because I get on these podcasts and talk to people for the fact of not to boast or brag. Cause I don't really care about any of that. That's why you don't really see me on social media, very mm-hmm. high presence, right? Because I don't right. need, I don't need that recognition, but now what I realize is I do need to tell my story and get it out there to the world because I realize I can help kids. I can help an adult. I can help somebody else going through what I went through, you know, cause I've been through a lot, man, in my life. Amen. I mean, that's, uh, those are facts there because, you know, um, we all go through, we all go through shit in life, yes. right? Some, some of us go through a whole lot more and, and learn the lesson and stop bumping our head up against the wall. And some of us, you know, we just got to throw our whole body against the wall three, four, five, six, eight, seventeen times, whatever. Uh, yeah. It sounds like you've been through the meat grinder a few times, but oh. certainly, uh, you know, as I, as I listen to your story there, and of course, thank you for sharing it. Um, we, you know, it seemed one core thing that I'm guessing your dad probably drove into you in those early days, getting you up at oh dark 30 in the morning was that, that drive to succeed. There was something inside you that you, you gleaned out of that. Otherwise you probably would have given up way back when. You're now listening to to the dark horse entrepreneur podcast. I can tell you this much. Like I don't, I don't feel like I fit in, in the world a lot. For the simple fact, I only talk two things, and that's business and family. I don't talk anything else. You'll never hear me talk about anything else. I talk about my story now, but before that, it was really just business and family because I feel like all I know is success now. I've done, took out my brain and trained myself to think nothing but success because you doubt yourself is when you fail. It's nothing else besides that, right? You doubt yourself, you fail, and I really believe like, Whatever you want to do, you can do now. Like I've proven it to myself over and over again with everything I've done, coming where I came from. I I lived in a one-bedroom apartment on a bunk bed, sharing it with my sister in a dining room. That was our bedroom. Oh, no. So like where we came from and how, you know, where where, where I'm at today, man, it's just like a world of difference. Like I know everything I've said I was going to do, I've done it. I, I just put my head down and just went forward. Just I never look back at anything. I don't. I don't even care about what happened to me, because at the end of the day, what that did for me was made me stronger. Hell, my best friend Pharrell to this day now works with my new wife hand to hand in the same office. That's how much I don't care. Nice, because 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 how I feel in life is that's my best friend. That's my brother. If he was going to do that, then that means he's not my best friend and my brother. That doesn't mean that I did a wrong decision, right? Right. I know what they do together working changes the world so what they need to do is work together because they're helping their executives at the va hospital they're they work together and helping each other so i don't look at it like anything other than that i feel like i want to see them succeed like i want to succeed that's what i want to see the world man i want to see everybody succeed because we can all do it the right mindset that's all it takes Amen. I, I, uh, it sounds like you got past what a lot of us stumble across is, and that's that big three-letter word, the ego, right? You're not so much focused oh, on yourself. You're focused on helping others, and if that means there are some situations that most folks would be uncomfortable with, you're like, oh, whatever. They're helping me help others. It's all thumbs up from there, right? Yeah, why can't you, why do we, why do we do that? Why do we, why do you, like, in the back of my head, like thinking now, back in the day, it was always, 
it used to be years and years ago. It was like, what can I do for myself? But how I was building myself up and what I realized was over the last 20 years is I was building the people up around me to, mm -hmm. to build my empire, right? Mm -hmm. In the background, don't get me wrong, I was still doing good, but what I wasn't doing was I didn't realize until this day, until, you know, probably in about October when I realized, you know, I got to build my house up first. I got to build myself up to get my house to where it needs to be. The structure and the foundation has to start the whole process. Right. So that's why I'm doing now and I'm showing the world and I'm going to show my family, I'm going to show my kids, I'm going to show everybody that I said it in October and I meant it in October. I'll be a billionaire and I'm going to show people how to do it. And, and the reason why I'm doing it, it's not over the money because if you want, if anybody knows me, I got to wear my heart on my sleeve and I give almost everything away. Sure. Almost everything. I don't care about, I'm not materialistic. Mm -hmm. So I, I, it's not about the money. I just want to prove to this world and prove to this kid that's sitting down there that where I was at a young age thinking that he couldn't do what he wanted to do or that adult, that, that 30 year old that was sitting there and thinking that the world's ending because he's lost everything. And he had to claim bankruptcy and move back with his mom. Sure. You know, like, to that person, to anybody in this world, man, I want to prove to them that if you can believe in yourself and have the right mindset, you can just do it. Like there's no doubt you can do it. Sweet. I, I want to. That's all I'm, I'm trying to do. I, I hear you. I want to. I want to pivot real quick because I have just this, this amazing curiosity. Uh, um, I have tattoos myself, and I think they're amazing. I actually, I got my uh, youngest daughter addicted to them as well. So she's uh, she's one of those ones. I think she has. <laughs> four or five now and she's she's already got that itch to get another one uh, what what pushed you towards the, the the tattoo artist arena so that's the funny part so dealing with depression was a big thing for me right and what i used in that was stories so I, i'm a storyteller in my artwork so now don't get me wrong i tattoo people for money too but i don't sure i now up to the point where i just do meaningful tattoos i really don't do anything else but before I would do it for other reasons. But what I love to do is connect a story between the person I'm tattooing myself. Like mm. when you come in and you tell me your story, I don't ask for art. I ask for the story, right? Because I want to hear what you're going through, why you want this tattoo. And then what I do is I create a story from like what you're saying. I relate it to me somehow and nice. I create a piece with it in art. And what happens is when you come back in, I tell you why I, I designed this tattoo this way and almost I'm like a 95% success rate on they don't even see the tattoos to the day they walk in. That's okay. how crazy it is. That's kind of amazing. That's really a cool idea. I mean, so many, for anyone that's interested out there and doesn't pay any attention to the tattoo arena, usually when you go into a tattoo shop, you walk in there with some sort of imagery, be it physical or certainly in your head. I know uh, the, the most recent one I was considering getting, I walked into the, to the place and I was showing them what I wanted. And they're like, oh yeah, we could certainly do that. This is a really cool angle that you're doing from uh, from creating it from just the story well like the reason being is because it helps me with deal with my depression right because what i do is i dig down into your deepest thoughts of like the saddest part of it mm -hmm. to show you there's light at the end of the hole right so if you're going through something and you need to get over it mm -hmm. what i do is i create that light for you at the end of it so nice. we'll dig into the deep end most of the time when, when i have a consultation with somebody when they leave they either are crying or they're like, what the hell just happened? Nice. When we go into those, you, you, you talk to a handful of my clients, they're like, or a lot of my clients, they're like, dude, don't do it. Don't do it unless you're ready. <laughs> nice. It gets that way. But the reason why is because I'll take the, 
the darkest part and I'll put it at the bottom or wherever in the tattoo. Mm-hmm. But on the outside, I always make it the brightest. So I make it to where whatever the outcome could be or should be or you want it to be, that'll be the piece. And, and it relates. And, and, and I'm in the middle of doing stuff right now with all of that. You'll, you'll be hearing more about that here soon. Sweet. I have a book coming out for all that too. Sweet. It sounds like you take the very mindset shift that you're describing is important and is going to be obviously helping you follow your journey to become a millionaire and you put it into a piece of art. Yeah. 100% because you had to. It's like, for me, that's what, that's why I got into tattooing. That's why I tattoo now because I don't tattoo for money. Hell, half the ones I do the storytelling for, I don't even charge (laughs) because it's not about that. It helps me just as much as it helps them. Like when I'm doing that tattoo, it helps me like close a chapter of my life of something that I needed to get over mm-hmm. and I had to realize it myself, right? Because we're all training ourselves to be better. Instead of fighting somebody else, you're fighting yourself every day. Your doubt is coming from yourself. It's not coming from somebody else. So. And you and you know that's right. You know, I think that's one of the biggest yeah. things that people tend to fight with is themselves. We are our worst critics, right? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, so on the on the other on the other side of things, you're also uh, the owner. I guess I'll say even founder. Correct me if I'm wrong. Of the billionaire mindset coaching. Talk to me about that. So what that is is I, I just work with. So I work with young entrepreneurs to to billionaire entrepreneur like entrepreneurs, successful businessmen. And what I do is I work inside the program with them, and I build a program to design for their business to help them expand it and grow it. Because sometimes I'll give you an example, right? You have a big corporation where you have a, a company where the owner's never in the building, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes, and this happens a lot of times, actually, like you can go to Walmart and you can hear it. They'll go in and you'll see the the staff hate their job. The associates hate their job because they don't feel like they're recognized or they're appreciated, right? They might not get yeah. the raise or whatever, right? But realistically, they don't understand what that man's having to do to make that happen. Like there's a lot of back end stuff because as a businessman, I know with my businesses that I own, I'm not there all the time, but my people know 100% when I'm not there, I'm working just as hard as if I was there mm-hmm. to create something for that business also. Right. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they lose that. And sometimes there just needs to be a voice there and there needs to be a mindset shift. There needs to be something. And that's what I like to do is I like to go into the companies and help them with change the mindsets of the associates to the bosses because sometimes the boss is in the wrong because I, I'll accept it. Every Monday we have our meeting and if I'm in the wrong, I accept that the fact that I'm in the wrong. If all of them are saying it, it's got to be true, right? If you right. got a handful in there thinking it, you need to be able to explain it why it's not if it mm-hmm. isn't. So I just, I kind of bridge the gap where they, they should have that in a corporation, but they don't because let's be real. Who does talk to the, like, if you call AR and be like, oh, I want to complain about this, they don't really care. Right. Them people are just there to get their check and go home. They'll probably complain to the person next to them where I don't do that. I really take it to heart because I want to see everybody succeed. And so, then the young entrepreneurs, what I do with them is I teach them from the ground up, like the, from the beginning of the business to the LLC, to the nonprofits, to the, to the guy just or the girl just trying to get into how do I even start this process? Sure. Do you help them when it comes to like maybe an idea creation? In other words, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur, but I don't even know what I want to do. 
So it's funny because I don't work with everybody. I don't sure. work with everybody. Okay. I handpick. I handpick because I have to see the passion and the drive. If you don't have a passion and drive, or if I go on your social medias and all I see is negativity, I won't even work with you. Yeah. Because I already know what's going to happen. You know, I'm not building a business with somebody off of negativity. That's just not how I work. Sure. Like it has to be full on positivity and it has to be straight up willingness to do. Because the one thing I can tell you in business and any businessman can tell you is you never know. You never know what's going to happen. And you have to be able to willing to change something. Because when I first started, hell, I just said I wasn't even going to open up any other businesses. And I ended up opening a tattoo supply store just to create extra income to be able to save my staff some money, you know, because now mm -hmm. they get a percentage of discount on supplies. And then, the sh you know, like, dude, anytime somebody gives me an idea and it makes sense, I'm like, you know what? Let's try it. Nice. So you, your mindsets have to be able to change. And that's, that's one thing I think entrepreneurs have to be ready for. And they have to be ready for the butt whooping that they're going to get. Yeah. Because, yeah. man, business is, a, business is a straight up, Boxing match twenty four seven. Hell, now MMA. <laughs> Full on like in MMA, the right? for a while. <laughs> and yeah, the referee's not even in the ring fight. anymore. <laughs> yeah, wait for the doorbell. Wait for the bell to ring. Come on, get off. Yeah, so you get whooped up in it. But when you're when when you're when you're you've, which is awesome that you can hand pick these folks because I know one of the one of the most challenging things uh, in the world is. Often working with folks you'd rather not be working with, right? You're like, good God, I don't want to go do this. Or I don't want to go do that. And even if you've got a great mindset going into an environment or a culture or a, a relationship with a person that's sucking the life out of you, you're like, ah. So being able to pick folks is a winner. So for those um, for for those entrepreneurs that you do pick, be they young or more seasoned, what 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 like first steps do you go when it says, okay, we're going to work together. Here's how I got to learn about what you've got going on so that you can get your feet on the ground and say, okay, this is how I can help you. The first thing I need to know is the passion. Mm -hmm. Then I need to see what field you're in, right? Because there's a lot of fields I do know because of restaurants, I know vape shops, smoke shop. I know a lot of different like businesses. So basically how I start is I need to hear your story. I need to hear your story. Mm-hmm. See where you're coming from, what your goal is with your business, how you're trying to maintain a business and what you're trying to do with it. And there has to be a give back in there. There has to be something that there has to be something in there or else like because I can tell you right now, the universe is if you're not giving, you're not receiving. Yeah. You can't always just receive and expect not to give back. If you don't, I can't work with you because at this time, at this point in my life, my time is worth more than anything to me. Sure. So I, I, I don't want to help somebody that doesn't want to help somebody else. So the blueprint for me right from the beginning is 100% passion and your story. Give me your story. Give me your passion. Tell me what you want to do. Because even if you don't have it all the way mapped out how it needs to happen, because nobody can. There's sure. no way you can go into business and 100% know it all. Because even if you go to college for business, that's just paper trail paperwork. That's just learning out of a book. Theory, when you yeah, get into right? it, they don't realize <laughs> the real, the customer service, the 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 phone calls, the the emails, the Google review, like the all the stuff that comes with them, the stuff yeah. that can kill a business without even trying. Right. So there's a lot that they have to know, and I'll teach them that as they go. But really, it's the story and the passion. Because if you don't have the passion, you're never going to make it. Because 
business is stressful. You want to give up a lot. But if it's a passion of yours, you're not going to give up on it. But if it's just something to make money, you'll quit it and go somewhere else to make money. Yeah, I, I hear, I see that. We see that a lot. It was folks are like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this was going to be so hard. Well, if, you've, if you're driven by that passion, then hard is relative at that point. Yeah, it, that's just normal now. Right, right. And, and of course, you know, then you've got to pivot, right? It's things like, you know, COVID that we're going through as at the time of this recording for what, six, eight months now we've been going through it. We so were, all of my businesses were out of business for four months. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Yeah. I mean, it gave, the, the blessing in it, it gave me time to get my podcast going, get, get my apprentice up and running, remodel my mom's house. It gave me time to do a lot of things that I wouldn't have been able to sit and pause and do. So sure. I give it for that, but don't get me wrong. It's not like I liked it. It's just, <laughs> it gave me an opportunity to do something else. Right. Awesome. Um, so I know you, you mentioned earlier uh, way back in your story that um, marketing wasn't your jam, right? It was just like, uh, you were just like doing things and business wasn't your jam. So how, how do you feel you are in the marketing realm nowadays? Oh, I don't do it. I have somebody does it for me. Smart man. <laughs> Listen, it's, like it's, it's still not my jam. <laughs> no, it's, you stay in your lane. You get to the point where, like, and then this is how you can start that for some people that don't understand it is find you a little intern out of high school that's trying to do some things with themselves and get that man, help them build their portfolio for college or for right. their job when they go, you know? But, like, I have people to do that for me now. And plus, like, my son's passion and his goal in life is to become a, a, f- a film producer and a TV at like face on TV and all that. So he's building his own thing. So I let him work for me on video and in editing and he enjoys it. Sweet. And then I have a main guy that does it all for me too. But nice. That's a gem right there. So for folks, I mean, even at, at your level of success of someone to say, dude, that's, that's not my jam. I'm going to stay in my lane and I'm going to hand it to the folks that they know how to, and even if they're not smarter than you, they're definitely more passionate about it. So they bring a different kind of expertise to the table, right? Plus they study. Like they're going to do something I'm not going to do. They're not, they're going to spend hours taking courses and, and looking at what's the next trend for the market. I'm not, I'm going to get confused, dude. <laughs> He's we like, grew I up in an era where dial tone, you couldn't get on a phone for to get on the internet. You know, I didn't live on this thing. Everybody else did. Right. I was hustling. I wasn't out here getting on a computer and talking crap. I wasn't that guy. Nice. You know, like, think about like, we had AOL in MySpace and stuff like that. I didn't yeah, have, we did. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have this. So Facebook and Instagram was new to me. Even to this day, I don't know how many followers I have. I don't even care. I just know I got more money than I have followers. That's all that matters to me. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Let's find someone on uh, Fiverr that will send you dollars as opposed to followers. That would be there you go. That would be good. Yeah, that would be great, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. That is a good program, too. The Fiverr thing is a pretty that's – uh, that's good for a virtual assistant, but I have stuff happen in all my, my – all my meetings I have for my podcast and everything were all erased. Oh, no. So that's brutal. I spent the last two weeks of my life going through email after email to confirmations to figure out who I had and who I lost and where I was. And I think I'm caught up now. I think. Wow. Caught up. And he says that, ladies and gentlemen, with a smile on his face. So even that didn't muster him too much. He just muscled through it. It it makes me laugh because it's just like, it's like, you know, I know I'm going to get through it regardless, right? But. You laugh because it's like, dang, what else you want to throw at me today? Like, come on. <laughs> like, 
was good. I promise. So, I'm sorry. I got up at 4.05, not 4. I'll get up at 4 tomorrow, brother. Don't do that right. to me. Don't take it out on me. Yeah. So a number of times during our chat here, you've mentioned mindset, and I'm a big mindset fan. And uh, so share with uh, the, the listeners a tip or two about when their mindset is just in the in the shitter. So that's that's pretty much everybody goes through that every day. I still go through Absolutely. that. Like, I think even though I'm probably one of the most positive people and happiest people you meet because I really don't care anymore because mm-hmm. I just know I'm going to get through it. I still have demons that have come in and try to take over my mind and just like talk to me because it's yourself. You're talking to yourself, you know, right. and, and when you're in that dark space, what you got to do is it's like you got to strategically tell yourself, all right, what, why? Come on, think of something else. Think of something else. Like I'm constantly doing that with myself. Like get out of your head, man. Shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut up. You got this and I start thinking of positive stuff like, I'll look at my goal card or I have notepads, man, for like, I probably got about 30 notepads just filled with stuff and I'll start just, I'll flip it and just go like that and just open it up. And then whatever page I'm on, I'll just read that page Mm -hmm. because all I have in my notepads are just like ideas, suggestions, like positive stuff to myself. Like I rate myself all the time. Shut up, Larry, do it. Stop procrastinating, stuff like that. So I'll look through them to get me out of that. You got to train yourself mindset wise to be able to take yourself out of uh, like out of that negativity and find something positive. And most of the time it's just a conversation. You know, like we have it so easy now where you don't even have to do that part, right? You can literally get on YouTube. You can get on anything, any Facebook and get in a program somewhere where you can look and see nothing but positivity or yeah. hear nothing but positivity. Get on and listen to somebody's motivational speakers, man, and just listen to what they're saying. Like, there's so many. You got Les Brown, you got T.D. Jakes, you got mm. E.T., Hip Hop Fletcher, you got... Man, there's so many that actually are just trying to, you know, say something positive. Now, now what I am seeing is a lot of selling points, not a lot of positivity as much as right now. Mm-hmm. COVID, which I would love to just hear the positive notes past all the selling points. Right. Because that's what all I do is I don't, I don't really try to sell anything. I don't need to. I'm just trying to give the positivity out. Right. So that's why even the, my billionaire mindset coaching, when you go on there, you won't see anything for sale. I don't have anything for sale. This isn't me selling myself. I don't need to sell myself. Sure. Right? I'm, all I'm trying to do is just help the world and help people one day at a time, like one day at a time. Because, And I feel like that's all they need to do. They just have to think to themselves, like, what can I do to better myself right now? And why am I thinking this negative thought? Because something is bringing that thought into your head, right? Mm-hmm. Even if it's like, you did something you shouldn't have or you talked to somebody you shouldn't have or if you lent somebody some money and then they're not paying you back, forget about that part. Just forget about it because chalk it up as, hey, now they won't bother you anymore, right? Right. You've got to yeah. figure out a way to just tune it out because if you don't and you hold that all day, mm-hmm. the energy is going to come to you. When you're talking negative, negative people come talking with you. If yeah. you're talking positive, the people talking to you are positive, Yeah. right? The universe attracts it. Yeah, the God gives you what you put out, and there's where you come back to that giving, right? Whatever you're giving is what you're going to be getting, yeah. and if you're not giving, you're not getting, or at least not for yeah. a while, anyway. And I've done it my whole life with my kids and everything. My oldest son, we did something eight years ago, yeah, no, seven years ago, for Christmas one year. I was just sad, man. I don't know why I was sad, right? Nothing was bothering me, mm-hmm. but I just I got sad, man. I was like, you know what? Let's do something. 
we went to the only store open was a Walgreens. And we bought all these kid toys and we ended up getting my son, one of my son's skateboards and scooters. And I posted something on Facebook and the people started hitting me back. And I got a name and a number of a house and we went to it and knocked on the door and said, here, Santa left our presents at your house, at our house for you by accident. Oh my goodness. And the kid said, the kid said, oh my God, I thought Santa forgot about us. Aww. Dude, I broke down. My son broke down. Those, right. that joy though, that I get out of that, that's not a bragging thing, right? To me, the joy that I got out of that is something I can use for the rest of my life. Right. Whenever right. I'm in a down state, I just think of that little kid that, didn't get anything because his mom had no money. She had three kids, and he said that. And like, I'm over here complaining about a hundred bucks, or like, you know, like right. something stupid when Absolutely. this kid over here not win anything. So, I use yeah. that experience for myself. I don't use it for gloat or any kind of like recognition because I don't care about that. It stuff. doesn't matter, right? And no, and, and you should. I I uh, was lucky enough to be. Um, in charge of the clown corps when I was working down in Atlanta and we would uh, obviously just like it sounds we would dress up like clowns and go to different events you know parades and stuff like uh -huh. that but one of the the two events that were always my favorite was we did a Halloween event that was for kids that were had um, you know either had diabetic issues or had issues uh, physical you know uh, issues that kept them from eating normal candy so we oh. would rent this big old empty warehouse and set up you know kind of a a track that they would walk along and we would have all kinds of non-sugar treats for them to come along and you know us we would be dressed like clowns and other folks would come dressed in different things and then the other one was the special olympics uh, we always had a booth at the special olympics and so we got to be there early and when the um when the athletes would come out before they even went to the track many of them would see some of us clowns and come running across the field and just almost bowl you over as they run to hug you and so it's you're right moments like that you're just like i, I this is precious this is for me and for this person and that's it that's crazy it is cool it's mm -hmm. cool. That All would right. be so. That would be so awesome, though. Right? That, to me, that would be so. The, the feeling that you got, I know that was amazing. Yeah, I would have loved to been there. For it that was one. beautiful. I I can think about it right now and feel yeah. it all over again. All right, you I want to be. What I mean, I, though, like you think of Man, dude, yeah, that's see, and, that could, and you're right. Moments like that, if you can just pause when you're when you're, you're feeling whatever crap you're feeling, and you just pause and and take that moment back in, just real, either by flipping open the card like you were saying, or just say, "Oh man, remember that feeling when." You know, and then yep. it kind of takes you out of that negative mindset and probably puts you in a state that you're far better. And you're far more able to deal with whatever stuff that puts you in that negative state in the first place. You're like, okay, now I can deal with whatever that was and deal with it far more effectively. Absolutely. 100%, man, because I, I know I can tell you back a story when I was laying on the couch and I was in my shop. I'm in the middle of the divorce. I found out about, you know, the dude dating my ex and I'm just stressed, dude. I'm miserable. I'm like depressed out of my world, right? And I'm just thinking, should I just end it, right? And, and in this time, the artists are still giving me crap at the time. Mm -hmm. Like, they're still on me. Like, oh, you're not working. All you're doing is caring about our money, taking the money from us. I'm like, dude, come on, man. Just give me a minute. Can a mug get a second to just right. soak? Like, but no, they wanted to get on me about it. So it just built up a lot of stuff. But it took me just getting out of there and going home and being like, man, 
life ain't that bad, man. Get over it. Like, you know, and I was thinking stories and I would just, I would just have to get on like a pod. I would get on a YouTube and I would watch something that would give me some, some like motivation to just get myself going. And at that time it was TD Jakes, man. That guy's powerful. Him and Steve Harvey. I don't know if you ever heard of Steve Harvey's story. He's got a strong story. Yeah. And his wisdom he does off after his shows are just and during commercials, he puts them on YouTube. They're man, they're great. Yeah, he he actually he goes deep. He does. It's good stuff. All right, Mr. Larry, I want to give you an opportunity to share. If anyone wants to look you up, maybe they want a tattoo or you may want to check out your billionaire mindset program. Where can they find out more about Larry Normal Normal? they can go on uh billionaire mindset coaching.com that's my one for the billionaire mindset artistic additions tattoo.com for the for the website uh, for the tattoo shop you can go on just larry underscore normile n-o-r-m-i-l-e that's just my instagram if you just google my name on google i'm all over google you can't gotcha. I'm probably the only larry normal that's gonna pop up on google so <laughs> you put it on there i'm like five pages of larry normal and I know I got I got a lot of these from you, so I'll make sure they're all uh, tagged in the uh, in the show notes, so folks can just click right through and check you out. Because I got you, I got you on uh, on Insta and on LinkedIn and YouTube and Twitter, and of course you two websites, one for the tattoo, one for the billionaire mindset coaching. So we'll we'll get all those links in the show notes. Any final words you want to share with folks? Let's just all work together, man, to help each other out. That's all I, I what I want to see is just you know. There's a lot of negativity going on right now, and I just mm-hmm. want to see the world come back together, man. Like 9-11, when, when, when 9-11 hit, the world oh. came together, right? Yeah, they did. If we could get that unity back for a little bit, it would be great. That's what I want to see. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm hoping to make a difference in. So that's all I want to see, man. And anybody wants some help with uh, some entrepreneurship, they can hit me up on the Billionaire Mindset Coaching. Mind you, there's going to be a bunch of questions that come once you email me. And we'll see where you're at from there. You better come correctly. You better come correct. <laughs> yeah, because I don't charge. And if I'm not charging you, right, I'm not going to do it with you. Nice. All right, Larry, I definitely, I, together. I, I definitely appreciate your time, brother. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Larry. Whew. All right, my dark horse friends and family. There you have it. Larry Normal dropping tattooed bombs on us this episode and you know there was so much in there but I'm going to narrow this down and uh, give you a few ideas I gleaned from this. Number one set some goals. Man we hear this one all the time. Larry was lucky enough to be in a jail cell. You know what it's funny that sentence in and of itself sounds a little odd to say but like you've heard me say so many times before we can learn lessons during and from our darkest moments. Larry was serving a three-year bid for the choices he made, but he was lucky enough, as I was saying, to be housed with someone that gave him some wise advice. Set some goals. Set some goals. He was pushed to ponder what he really wanted to get out of his life. From that, Larry admitted that he wanted to have the most elite tattoo studio around, and he wanted to take care of his mom. Now, what goals do you have? Are you pushing towards them every day? I mean, even in the smallest of ways, the one surest way to reach your goals is to take those little steps towards your goal every single day, right? Think about it. One inch towards your goals 
a day, right? One inch a day towards your goals will serve you so much better than sitting on your butt for say like three weeks, right? 28 days and then busting buns and gaining 12 feet or 12 inches uh, on your goal in a couple of days and then going back to sitting on your butt for another 28 days. Hey, I, I did some work. I got some things accomplished. No, right? Okay. Yeah, you did. But that cycle is just, it's wearing, right? But if you push for a small amount of ground every single day, you'll be gaining so much momentum toward your goals and you'll feel a whole lot better about it at the same time. Thought number two, jump in and you can and you will figure it out. Larry got up and was running in, was running in two different occasions. Let me rephrase that. Larry got up and running on two different occasions, right? But life, life happens, right? And he had to restart those businesses over again and again. And on the third grow round, he got up and running. Uh, well, he wanted to get up and running and he, uh, he got, yeah. Uh, what's the phrase I want to use here? He had a partner who was supposed to go in with him on the, uh, the, the startup costs and he didn't show up. So he literally went to the owners of the facility he was trying to get hold of and handed them his last $500, right? Get that $500 check. That was everything he had. And he said he would figure out a way to get the rest by January to get his business up and running. He jumped in 150% and he pushed himself to figure out how to get the remaining funds that he needed to fulfill his dream for a third time. Now, for me, I think Larry was doing a couple of things correctly. He was probably doing way more than a couple of things correctly. But the two I want to mention here is he was believing in himself entirely. Even after all the crap he had been through and all the things that life had tossed in his path, he was still driven and he still believed in himself, believed in himself enough to put it all on the line. And two, he was asking the question, how can I get the funds I need to get this business up and running, right? He wasn't going into those, oh, woe is me thought processes or questions that so many of us fall prey to, right? He was asking solution-based questions. Now, asking these solution-based questions is a powerful tool to help you gain access to insights and ideas that can and will propel you forward. Thought number three, self-care is very important. Now, Larry, as you heard in his story, has, has successfully built his business even through all the trials and failures he's been through. And I think it's one of the reasons I love bringing on folks like Larry or, or, or all the other guests that I've been on here is they've been through the trenches. They've been through the muck and the mire and they still succeeded. And so often we hear about successes, but we don't hear about all the crap they had to go through to get there now larry he builds up those around him um you know and everyone that's inside his sphere of influence you know and he does this to help build up his empire but he takes note that what he has to do and had to do was build himself in order to build others for me this is like this is like filling your own cup in order to be able to continue to fill the cup of others if you stop filling up your own cup your reservoir right your reserves you can say will eventually run dry and you will pay the price for this neglect to yourself and to your business so remember self-care is very important
And thought number four, it's not about the money. Yeah, It's about who you have to become in order to deserve the money. A message you've heard time and time again on this show, um, in other presenters' messages. And about halfway through this interview, Larry said something that I hooked onto and I love so, uh, so much that I'm going to leave this as my closing thought for this episode. I mean, even though there are so many gems to be gleaned from uh, from Larry's message here, I want to center in on this one. Larry said, and he said it in passing, right? It's, it's so such a part of who he was. He said he does it for himself as much as the client. So much so that some of his pieces that he does, he doesn't even charge for them because he's getting what he needs as well as what the client is getting what they need. So let me leave you with this question. Other than the money, what are you getting from your interactions with your prospects, your clients, and your customers? If you're not getting what you need, and again, I'm not talking about just the revenue here, then perhaps it's time to reevaluate those interactions that you and your clients are having. Re reevaluate them, mold them to the point where what you're getting is leaving you both as winners, right? You're coming away with just as much, if not more, uh, from the interaction that your client is coming away from. Uh, and, and let's try and do that before even a single penny has changed hands. Oh, imagine the energy you'll have then. Okay. So what inspiring thoughts, ideas, or tips resonated with you from this episode or any of the episodes? Whatever they are, take some time today and put them into action. Go out there, run your race, Get your results and let me hear about them. Seriously, email me, Tracy at darkhorseschooling.com. Share what tips or ideas you came in with, how you put them in action, what results you gained. All right. On our next interview episode, our guest is going to be Peter Beatty. Now, Peter has been in the online space for well over a decade and has made it and lost it and made it and lost it. I think he's probably made and lost more money than most people in the game right now. And he's currently scaling his online business all while building his dream home. Now, I want you to keep getting all these valuable tips and inspirational stories from this podcast. So please go on down there, hit that subscribe button. While you're there, drop us a five-star rating. Write us a quick review. Tell us the good, the bad, and the ugly you think about this podcast. What do you like hearing? What you'd like to hear more of? What we're not sharing that you'd like to hear from us? Uh, and of course, don't keep all this entrepreneurial GLD all to yourself. Share the podcast with other entrepreneurs and business owners that you know will get value from it. And with that, I'm going to leave you like I always do. Think successfully and take action. Thank you for listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. All right. My name is Tracy Brinkman. Yeah.